Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by Perry Ann Pulliam and Micah James with Upward Transitions, an Oklahoma City nonprofit serving families and individuals who are homeless, at risk of becoming homeless, or stranded by providing case management and stabilizing resources to help meet basic social needs. Perry Ann is CEO, and Micah is Director of Development and Public Relations. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Erin. The work you all do in our community is always critical, but you have seen the need rise due to the repercussions of COVID-19. This last week, we reported that the number of evictions filed in Oklahoma County skyrocketed since the moratorium on evictions was lifted on May 18th. More than a thousand evictions were filed between March 16th and May 26th, many of those families and individuals at risk of becoming homeless. Marianne, how has Upward Transitions been able to step in and help? The main thing we've been doing the last several weeks is focusing most of our efforts on helping keep families and individuals and seniors in their homes. We're doing that through assistance with rent and utility payments. Our goal early on was to ensure that when the moratoriums were lifted, that the people we were working with were not going to be in, at risk of receiving those eviction notices. And so far, we've done a pretty good job, but the list is growing of the number of people who need more and more help now that they are receiving those five-day to quit and eviction notices. One of the things that really surprised me several years ago when I first learned about upward transitions is the high instance of our homeless population who don't have state IDs, which then means they're not eligible for housing or many of the other services they might need to help them out of homelessness. They really get stuck because of this barrier. Micah, will you explain some of the most important initial resources and services your case managers provide to individuals who are homeless or at risk of becoming homeless? And then how do they continue to support your clients along their journey? Sure. Um, I'm a newbie to the agency. Um, I've been with Upper Transitions almost nine months now. And out of the wisdom of the organization, one of the first things they had me do was shadow our case managers. Uh, and it is a, um, they're, they're miracle workers, um, to be honest. Um, the, the comfort that they give people in these anxious situations is just the start. But what they do with people in these crisis situations is just phenomenal. So I got to sit in and watch both the prevention side for those people who are at risk of homelessness and um, work with those who are in the situation itself. And so those are two very different, um, you know, case management situations. And so it's unique to every um, client. Uh, and so we start out with a referral from an agency partner and we go from there. On the prevention side, we take phone calls. Um, during COVID-19, that process has changed drastically. Um, but usually it starts with a Monday morning phone call if somebody needs help with rainer utilities. Um, and then we go um, from there and see if we can um, be an infusion of support. Um, on the homeless, helping with our homeless clients, um, we get a referral 
and then we do a one-on-one -on -one case management to see where they are. Sometimes they already have an ID, but they lost it. Sometimes they have nothing, and our case managers have to literally be detectives and put the pieces of that puzzle back together. Um, so it really is extraordinary to kind of see the pieces of people's lives come back together. You know, Perry Ann told me this story one time about um, a client just walking in and holding up their ID and going, I'm a person now. And, and it's really interesting that like the little piece of ID that they hold in their hand makes them a person and we never think of that because we carry around millions <laughs> literally millions of pieces of identification you know debit cards and you know all of these things and we don't even think about it um but one piece of identification can change somebody's life and the trajectory in which they take in our society and we're trying to do that um for our clients and sometimes that's really all it takes to open some doors so it's really amazing how powerful that is uh, to to your client, and I have had the privilege of hearing some of those stories as well. And uh, it's just it's incredible what a difference uh, that that small, seemingly small to us piece makes to them. Yeah. Um, Hearing along those lines, there are lots of misconceptions and misinformation about individuals who are homeless or at risk of becoming homeless. Will you address some of those and explain the reality that you see every day in your clients' lives? Absolutely. I think the, the largest misconception I hear is that homeless people just want to be homeless. Mm -hmm. And that could not be further from the truth. Uh, there are circumstances in their lives that have put them in this situation. Some of those circumstances are more difficult to overcome than others. Um, there are chronically homeless people who have serious issues that need to be dealt with. Uh, one of the other issues that people tend to lean on is, oh, all homeless people have mental health or all homeless people are, are addicts. That is not true either. There is a percentage, of course, of people who end up homeless because of addiction or mental health issues, but that is by no means the majority of homeless populations. Many people who are homeless are families who have been working and struggling to make ends meet from week to week, month to month, year to year, and something happens in their life, a crisis, a financial crisis, that causes them to lose their housing, and they don't have family nearby that they can go to, or the crisis goes on so long that they have burned the bridges of the people whose sofas they've been sleeping on, because it's only so long that you can live with a family until you're able to pull your own way. And we're here to work with those families and work with those individuals to identify those factors that cause them to be in that situation and help them get the help they need. It's not always something we can do, but sometimes uh, we can connect a family with better employment training, better employment opportunities, better education, uh, help them with transportation issues, help them with childcare issues, things that are preventing them from being stably employed so that they can provide for their family. Uh, that's the majority of people that we are working with when we talk about the at-risk homeless or those who are homeless. You're really giving them the tools so that they themselves can then make the change in, in their lives, which is, is really beautiful the way that you guys are able to do that. And Perry, and your tagline is ending generational poverty. Uh, that's a big statement, and it's an exciting statement to get to work toward every day. 
Will you talk about kind of on a large scale why community members here in Oklahoma City need to care about this issue and how reducing or ending homelessness will benefit our community as a whole? Absolutely. One, one of the things that, that we've tracked and paid attention to is in many cases, we can provide $1,000 worth of assistance to a family to keep them housed. Whereas if they become homeless, that is them looking at $10,000 to rehouse them, plus the cost of supporting that family while they aren't housed. Uh, two years ago, they did a study of homelessness in the community and discovered that Oklahoma City alone spent over $29 million to support homeless services. And that's just not services like ours. That, that includes the shelters, the overnight shelters, the day shelters. It also includes hospital stays and emergency room visits and uh, ambulance rides. Those are things that our community pays for to support the homeless population. So why not instead infuse money into those families to keep them housed and prevent them to go into that homeless situation? It's better for our community, it's better for these families, and most importantly, this is the generational part of it, it's better for the children the children then are not experiencing those traumatic instances of what it's like to live in a shelter or to sleep in the car or to go to school without your clothes laundered. Uh, we just want to remove those adverse childhood experiences as early as possible and hopefully put those kids in a different position, position going forward in their lives. So important. Um, you all both know that Upward Transitions holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, my middle son especially is very connected to your mission. And that's really thanks in large part to the time and energy your staff has been willing to spend with him, giving him tours of your facility, helping him really understand, um, as a six-year-old can understand the impact of what you do, and then teaching him that even at the age of six, he can make a difference in our community. Micah, what tips do you have for talking with kids about homelessness, maybe particularly about explaining some of those misconceptions? Well, you know your son definitely has a soft spot in our hearts as well. <laughs> and I have a six-year-old as well. And so, uh, you know, really having these conversations on their level is so important. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with an elementary school service club um, a few months ago, and this was the topic. Um, they were kicking off a, a socks and underwear drive for us, and they really wanted to understand how our organization worked and what our clients, you know, experienced and how all of you know, this world um, was and wasn't the same as theirs and all of that. And, you know, I did a very brave thing with a room full of elementary school students. I said, let the questions fly. Um, and so you, I think that's really what you have to do with, with especially kids um, and then be willing to explore the answers to those questions with them. Um, and because we don't have all the answers and if you don't have all the answers, you have to be willing to go research and find the answers with them. Um, this is a really complex issue that even adults don't understand. Um, you know, and it's changing every day, even in light of the situations that we're facing right now, it gets more complex. 
um, as, as, you know, rent and utilities and unemployment and all of this is at play, there's questions. Um, and so I would just tell you to let the questions fly um, and let them ask them and go be learners and people of curiosity with them. And I would tell you to always keep the humanity in front. Um, and that was one of the questions that surprised me when I talked to these elementary kids is there was a disconnect between the humanity of the person and the situation that they were going through. Um, and you always want to make sure that you remember that there, there, there's a human in the middle of the situation and it's not just the situation. And so always reminding those kids that, you know, there's a human just like you and me. Uh, and, you know, sometimes situations happen to people just like you and me. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's how I would approach it, you know, with a six-year-old or 18-year-old, a 28-year-old, an 80-year-old. Um, let the questions fly and be willing to investigate the answers together. You're so right about keeping the humanity at the forefront. And I think um, what started Hutch really wanting to help is that when we were on a visit to Upper Transitions, he saw a mom walking in with two kids and one of them was about his age. And I, I think it has really stuck with him and um and helped him to see that here was a child just like him who needed help and then the realization that he could help was was really really empowering for him and um and i really think that will stick with him throughout his life um, yeah and those kids were doing something like socks and underwear they giggled through the whole thing like it's it's you know simple things that change lives and and once they realized it was the simple things that change lives and things they did every day um then they were like oh i don't have to go raise a million dollars to make a change in this world like i can bring a pack of underwear mm -hmm. so Absolutely. And speaking of that, Perian, what are some of the ways that kids and families together can help support Upper Transitions? What are some of your current needs? Some of our current needs, uh, especially right now, we are getting into our summer period of time where we're working with people who are outdoors a great deal. It's raining, it's hot, there are bugs. So rain ponchos, bug spray, sunscreen, those are great items for us to have to help our clients. Uh, one of the things we did this past holiday season, and it was a new event that we did, we, we did calendar of sharing, and we had 21 items on a calendar from December 1st to December 21st, and we asked families, uh, businesses, book clubs, churches, to get together and put together a box, a care box, for homeless individuals and they would gather socks, underwear, sunscreen, bottles of water, granola bars, can openers, all the different things that people don't have. And I think when the kids were doing that, they thought to themselves, wow, they don't have a can opener? That never occurred to me. They don't have a blanket. They don't have a place to sleep. So I think it was a very good educational opportunity for parents to work with their kids to learn what it means to really have nothing because we're all so used to being able to go to work, get in our car, drive home, go home into our nice, comfortable, warm houses, have a wonderful meal, shower, wash our clothes, go to bed. Those are very basic needs that many of the people we work with don't have. And it's great for the kids to learn that they can help provide that. 
Absolutely. And like Micah said, that's a great place to start those conversations with, with kids. Thank you both so much for the important work that you're doing in our community. I am so grateful for everything you all do. And I'm grateful for your willingness to, to bring my family alongside and help me to teach my kids about the importance of fighting homelessness in our community. Absolutely. Thank you, Erin. We appreciate Thank your you. family. <laughs> Thanks everyone for watching. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.